Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Well, make home your favorite new restaurant this winter with Omaha Steaks delivered straight to your door. Have you ever wondered what makes Omaha Steaks so good? It's the aging process. Omaha Steaks aged at least 21 days. That's where the magic happens. Try these mouthwatering steaks in the Butcher's Best Sellers Package. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter that promo code VOICES into the search bar to save over 50% and secure exclusive pricing. Included in the Butcher's Best Sellers Package are four iconic fork tender butcher's cut filet mignons, four ultra-juicy burgers, four savory pork sops, four kielbasa sausages, four rich and decadent caramel apple tartlets, and so much more. In addition to getting more than 50% off, you also get four more chicken breasts, four more of those delicious burgers for free. All you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com, type VOICES in the search bar, order the Butcher's Best Sellers package today save over 50 percent plus get four chicken breast four burgers from the company that's been bringing people together for over 100 years omahasteaks.com type voices in that search bar at omahasteaks.com yeah yeah happy happy hour everybody here we're sir yay Yay, kermit flail Oh, is that in honor it. of the Muppets coming out to this weekend? Yay! That's all we That's have. That's right. In our That's sad, right. On our, Disney Plus. Our sad little quarantine life. Okay. Mostly, well, you know what we're mostly obsessed with this week? Well, first of all, what? you know, on Happy Hour, everything takes a dark sexual turn. So I'm mm-hmm, creeped yeah. out by the John Goodman casino finger in the commercials. Does he, like, yes. does he ever finger fuck anyone with the John Goodman casino finger? Dude! No! Dude! I just... Okay. Well, no. Travis started it. He Don't... sent me a thing about these are the sexual positions you sleep better. And I'm like, who am I going to do these with? Nobody. Thanks, Travis. There's a bunch of, okay, fictional positions that I could do with nobody yeah. that would help me sleep better. Those are relationship goals. We're all alone. Yeah. Those are relationship goals. Reminding us that we're good. You're gonna be. We're gonna be all alone for the next year. Thanks, thanks for reminding yeah, us. Yeah. Thanks for sending this now, Travis. And what the fuck's the corkscrew? Is that I? First of all, okay, I'm a. I'm a, les- a lady, a lady lesbian person. Some of these I don't even understand. So the corkscrew, the guy's standing up and the woman's sideways. Was does he just spin her around on his dick like a, like a corkscrew? Like a pinwheel. Like a like pinwheel. Yeah. Okay, you both got to be pretty in shape for that. Like she. Right. Thank you, Sean. And does it make that sound effect? Like he's standing and just twirling her. Okay, that is not something lesbians do. I don't know what that is. The corkscrew. Okay, sixty-nine. We all understand. Um, the spider. Well, yes. I don't. Also, you have to be, Jesus, what do you have to be, fucking Nadia Comaneci? What, or what is, what's her name? What's a more, Simone Biles. What's a more current reference? Nailed it. Thank Olga you. Olga Corbett? <laughs> Olga Corbett's even, even older than Nadia Comaneci. Who 
spider. Look at her. Her legs are up around his okay head. Okay, doggy. I got that, but okay. Lotus. I don't know. Eagle. I. I it's. I. Thank you for reminding yeah, me that people are having kinds of fun that I'm. I've never even been touched uh -huh. in a year, let alone whatever right. that is. Yep. Whatever yeah. That is Travis. Thanks. I just thought it'd help you sleep better at night. But thinking about the things well, I'm not doing. Yeah, you need someone to do that with in order to sleep better. Yes, thank you. Well, find someone. Oh, find someone. How? Go, We're not allowed to touch go anybody. Corkscrew fuck yourself. Okay, listen. <laughs> oh, and also, we have a better sex life, Chris, you and I, than uh, the motors, who we decided do not have well, any kind of sex organs because it's a motorcycle on the bottom. They have a t Well, uh, who was it that, that pointed out they do have a tailpipe? Yeah, but some also someone pointed out, why does he wear a belt? It's you don't have to hold your motorcycle. It's a up. fan it's not, belt. It's not pants. Okay. It's a fan belt. All right. I, you've tried that joke before, and I just—it's just. No, th that is a piece of equipment on a motorcycle. It looks like a real man's belt. Okay, let's not fight. <laughs> it needs to be workshopped. That that joke needs a little workshop. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. Motorcycles have fan belts. All right. I don't understand the whole motor thing. I don't understand. I. Just, <laughs> I hate everybody. I hate the Wayfair wife. I hate the Lincoln Navigator whore that hates her family and her kids and her dogs. I just, uh, we just all hate, mean. the only thing we can rely, we can all unite on is we all hate Ted Cruz, who was the biggest yes, douchebag, so, yeah. who left not yeah. only his entire freezing state and blamed his daughters, but he left <laughs> his poodle snowflake. Fucking what? asshole. No. <laughs> all right. Hey, listen, you know what? We can make it better. How can we make it better? Because what? Oh. We had President Bartlett, President Bartlett and Malcolm Nance. We had Martin yes. Sheen, and we're, you're going to hear that, and uh, Joyce Vance and her chickens, right? <laughs> the, our, one of our favorite legal ladies. We talked yeah. about a lot of stuff this week, in addition to motors and, you know, the John Goodman creepy, Important stuff. creepy finger. <laughs> creepy casino finger. What is that about? <laughs> Don't know. That's the worst commercial ever. My dream. I love the, of all the things I've said over how many years and how many happy hours. Finger fucking. For some reason, you guys just were like, oh, my God. Well, you opened the show with it. You didn't even, you know, yeah, you didn't use loop to slide it in. Oh, fin John Goodman finger fucking is not. Is that not foreplay, Sean? That's not. Well, no, really? No, that's that not. was I should have. I, I did not. Con I did not consent to John. Goodman. I should have no. told you you were pretty first. You need to search. Should've... You need to circle the areola first. Yeah. I understand. I should have uh, told you were pretty first and lubed you up a little bit yeah, before I said. on the finger, yeah. yeah. All right, John Goodman, finger, uh -huh. finger fuck. Okay. Yes, at least you're How President Bartley going <laughs> to... How's President Bartley going to feel about being a part of this conversation? I don't know. Let's get on with the show. Here's happy hour. Enjoy. <laughs> One thing about you, Malcolm, you never come empty-handed to a party. Why? What have you brought with you? Oh, good morning, Mr. President. Oh, good morning, Mr. President. Uh, Mr. President Bartlett's here. Good, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you, Stephanie? <laughs> Why, it's Martin Sheen. Yay! Yes! Yay! <laughs> Thank you. We, Thank you. We were saying, you must be exhausted from having to actually be president for the last four years. People grabbing you by the lapels going, why can't you be the real president? What's happening? <laughs> Too late. <laughs> You must be relieved. That, well, you must be relieved that we actually have a real president again, right? Oh my! I cannot tell you how relieved I am. I, I'd be here all day, uh, giving thanks and praise. So now, now we just want to know how do we get those better prescription drug prices, Martin? Because <laughs> I'm the guy, right? That's right. You're the guy. You're the guy. Those commercials. You're not. You're not a guy. You're, actually, Charlie did. You're not a guy. You're the guy. 
Oh, thank you. Yes. So, all right. Uh, Malcolm, this, first of all, this whole thing cracks me up because we just had Nadia from Pussy Riot on, obviously, because you guys are all, uh, including Martin, trying to help, obviously not just free Navalny, but uh, members of Pussy Riot that are in prison, all these brave protesters over in Russia. But for some reason, Janet texts me almost every day with some funny meme or something. But for some reason, right. Malcolm, she went through you to get Nadia on the show. And I'm like, what? We all know each other. Why? You don't have to go. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to call. <laughs> right. I Because Martin was starstruck about you. I took you to lunch to meet Martin and Janet. And then I took you to Martin's birthday party where Al Pacino said, I know you from TV. What kind of show are they running on MSNBC? So... We all know each other. Let's move on. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing though. Um, I was trying to explain to my daughter um, just how significant Nadia's role was in Pussy Riot and why she was such a big deal. And so I explained it to her in terms of the movie Casablanca, right? And I said, you know, it was about this guy Victor Laszlo that was uniting the country and you know, was had to get out as a dissident. I said, just think of Nadia as Victor Laszlo. And yeah. somehow I had to throw myself in his Humphrey Bogart. But oh, you <laughs> always do. she's an important <laughs> voice of yeah. dissent well, in trying to free her country. Martin, and you've been behind this, this cause, obviously, as well as a million. Uh, you've been arrested more times than that troublemaker Jane Fonda. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> your, TV, your TV wife. But Martin, I mean, we were, I was saying to Nadia, and isn't it really stunning when you think about the fact that they're all, these brave Russians are in the streets trying to, you know, throw out their dictator. There were, there was rioting here to install a dictator. These, these capital riots here, right? Were to, yeah. to, to keep a dictator in power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I mean, sorry. Yeah, but I mean, the irony of that, right? That, that you know, in Russia, I, and I said to Nadia, we just, you know, overthrew our dictator. I, I wish you luck in yeah. overthrowing yours. But I mean, it, yeah, would, would that they had a fair election. It would have happened a very long time ago, as, uh, as Malcolm could testify. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, it really is. But that, I mean, that is real bravery. Right, Martin? Yeah, I mean, I'm it, not it, Martin. I'm not right. I'm not saying I'm not denigrating your thousand arrests and all that. But you are Martin Sheen. I'm <laughs> sure you were t- treated very tenderly. <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we missed brunch for our protesting here in the United States, right, Malcolm? Yeah. But I mean, yeah. th- these protesters are risking, including Nadia, being killed. I mean, she yeah, already did, are. right? Yeah, there's no, there's no question about it. I think with this, these last uh, uh, protests, uh, uh, you know, supporting uh, Navalny, uh, they were risking their lives. There's no question about it. And, and the cops are going out of their way beating people and they're doing it right up on camera they can they know the cameras are there they just don't give a damn yeah. they're saying if yeah. you you know have a, a public voice we're going to silence it if we have to knock all your teeth out and bash your brains in that's what they're doing yeah and you know malcolm as a terrorism expert we this is a has obviously been a enormous domestic terrorist attack on our soil on our capital and, you know, we just had Chairman Yarmouth on, and we were saying if anything would be bipartisan, right? You both were attacked. They were going to hang Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi, right? But it just, I mean, you say, you were talking about even people, some on the far left, our friend Glenn Greenwald, you said again reveals why he's the right wing's favorite faux liberal apologist. He claims all the stories about Capitol Hill insurrection attackers carrying zip ties were fake news. 
I mean, what we saw them on tape, uh, right? Well, you know, don't believe us. Believe you, don't believe your lying eyes. Right. You know, you would think that it would be a, a, a matter of, of national patriotism and trying to defend the nation. But that's where things have devolved thus, uh, you know, in Trump trying to be the first American. He was the first American autocrat president. And we it was a close thing. We almost came very, very within a hair's breadth of losing democracy. And now we see that they're quintupling down on that. Lindsey Graham saying that we, you know, the highest priority is taking back the House so that they can impeach Kamala Harris. Yeah. Uh, they just said that this morning. I mean, we now have, you know, the fight to defend American democracy and spread our message we've been spreading for 200 years around the world that the American experiment is not just an experiment, that it is a true fact that must be guarded at all times. And uh, Nadia and the, the other singers in Pussy Riot, they really are Victor Laszlo of our period. They're trying to go, reach out to people who yearn for democracy. And the one thing that Vladimir Putin, ex-KGB, ex-communist, really hates is the very fact that American democracy is now apparently resurgent. And we all have to start right now, not only to keep it in our country, but to aid other people in their countries. Yeah. Martin, your boss, uh, Janet Sheen, said uh, <laughs> she wanted you and me and Malcolm to be on together because that would really scare Putin. And I'm sure oh he's, he's like, oh, the girl with the fart jokes? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to... I will step down now. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, Malcolm makes a point that, you know, talking about impeaching Kamala Harris... That, this headline, Fox News host floats impeachment for Nancy Pelosi over her role in the Capitol attack. I mean, yes, this I, is I how they... I suspected her from the very beginning. <laughs> Nothing gets by you, Martin. <laughs> but I mean, even this, they're you know, going to... Uh, yeah. Right, go ahead. But even this, they're going to try to flip the script, that somehow this is... They tried to blame... There's a percentage of Republicans that blame Joe Biden for the Capitol attack. I mean, <laughs> well, in a way, he was responsible because he got elected. Yes, darn him. <laughs> that was his, his first step, you know. Right. Uh, you know, this has been going on for a very long time, and it's like a running, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, 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 reality TV, you know, for, for, you know, the last five years. And it's such a hit that they've got to keep it going. So they have all these different scenarios. And when it got really clear that that uh, that DJ was going to get whooped, uh, it started to, to, to enter the, <laughs> the script. Uh, well, what if he loses? You know, uh, yeah. uh, what is, how does that play out? He said, "Well, we'll have a coup." You know, and that's yeah. exactly what he did. You know, he started. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, with the post office. Uh, and, and, and he flat out said, you know, we got to get rid of the ballots. I mean, he's quoted as saying that. Yeah. And he meant it. You know, if we can yeah. get rid of the ballots, why we'll have mm -hmm. it made. And he would have. Yeah. Uh, but people woke up to, uh, 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 to that uh, reality and changed the script again. And then he started planning uh, very late yeah. in the summer that it would be a coup and that he had, this, he had enough support that he could succeed. There's no yeah. joke about it. Yeah, it was a coup. Must be how you felt when the you know West Wing was finally over. You're like, oh, I can finally shop at the supermarket without being hassled. And then you're like, oh, Netflix. <laughs> now they won't let me alone. <laughs> now the prescription drugs. Um, and 
Okay, so now I love this. You're playing uh, J. Edgar Hoover, which I just find hilarious. On in uh, Judas, Wait, <laughs> Judas, Judas and the Black Messiah, which is what we call uh, Malcolm. Um, it is <laughs> in theaters. Have you, have you have you all seen it? No, it's uh, in theaters and HBO Max. Malcolm, you haven't seen it. I have not, not seen yet. it. I have not yet. Yeah, it's, but I, I have a very tiny uh, part. I I play the worst cracker who ever ever had a public life, Jagger Hoover. And one scene. Did you say cracker? A, uh, yes, he did. <laughs> did I'm you sorry? say the worst cracker? Is that what you said? Yeah. Jagger Hoover was the worst cracker that that ever had a public life. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I thought mm. you did. Yes, you said I played one of the worst villains imaginable and had a, who had a different public persona, but personally he was a wretched man. He destroyed a lot of lives, including a lot of black lives, and I wasn't very happy playing him. I did everything I could not to play him. <laughs> how yeah. much? First of all, we need it's, to know how much money did they have to give you? And secondly, <laughs> it was, but you said because of the people involved, the director, etc., right? Yeah, Shaka King, yeah. young director, very committed to extraordinary man and he made an uncompromising movie you guys got to see it it's, okay and the yeah. two guys Can't wait that, to see it. That, that played the the guy that plays fred it's a story of fred hampton the young mm. uh, black panther leader in chicago yeah uh who was murdered at age 21 they mm. were so terrified of this guy he was going to become the next black messiah because the, we just lost reverend king a few months uh, prior and they were going to make sure there was not a a Reverend King or a uh, Malcolm X. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and this guy was the combination of the two, really. He was mm. socially committed and he was uh, 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 all in for uh, uh, representing the black community. And yeah. they saw it coming and they nipped it in the bud. And uh, his spirit is very much alive. But the movie is so uncompromising on every level, it's yeah. very, very powerful. Well, and, uh, speaking of which, I'm, I'm I can proud only to be in it. I'm just not proud to have played that. Uh... <laughs> Martin, that's, <Yeah>. Martin, <laughs> that's why they call it acting. Okay. Uh, um... Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I can only watch you in so many things because you are the best actor in the world. And I told Janet that I saw, I happened to here was my insomnia movie the other night was I think it's called Almost Love with you and Jennifer Aniston and uh, Aaron Eckhart. You play his father-in-law. Oh, really? Yeah. And you had oh, me, okay. you had me, it's, I'm in quarantine lockdown. I'm very tightly wound as it is. And you had me in tears. The scene with I you. I it's your own fault. <laughs> the scene with you and Aaron Eckhart when he's crying and you, I, you had me crying so hard. And then in the last scene, when the parrot that you hated comes home and you have a conversation with the parrot all the way into your parrot, front door, yeah. you just keep saying hello to each other. That had me laughing so hard. Then I peed the bed after I cried. So I hope oh, you're happy. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it was better than Alice and Janney's bird work in I, Tanya, but it was really very fine <laughs> yeah. bird, bird acting that you did. All right. Thank so, you. Uh, so uh, Martin, what, I, you know, Malcolm, I know you, you guys are friends, and so, you know, yeah. the Nadia and Pussy Ride and all this, that stuff has been a cause, but you, I mean, you are so passionate about so many causes, which you don't need to be, Martin, on top of your uh, uh, incredible career torturing me emotionally. But what, what I mean, what what drew you to that particular cause, to what's happening in Russia uh, right now? Well, I I have been uh, I think I was born an activist, you know. But <laughs> both of my parents were immigrants. I came from a very large family, uh, and my father uh, worked in a factory most of his life, and there was no union, so that said it all. You know, we yeah. realized that uh, uh, you have to 
you have to you have to fight for what is right and what is uh, morally right. Uh, it wasn't just that it's a fair deal; it's morally right. And I grew up with that. And uh, I started caddying at a very exclusive private club in Ohio, and uh, I saw very clearly how those guys lived, and none of them inspired me. I did not want to be like one of them. I had nothing against them. It just, I worked for them and saw them with their hair down. And I, and uh, when I was 14, I started a caddy union and it lasted about ah. 72 hours and I was fired. Mm. And, uh, oh. and later they called me back because I was that good at caddy. I'd started caddying when I was nine. So yeah. uh, I hate wow. to admit how, old, how long ago that was, but it was were... 1949. Bagger, Bagger uh, I started the union in 1954. So I, I, it's, wow. it's, it was second nature to me. It's just, a, which side are you on? It was very clear, you know, from yeah. the time I started walking around and saw how things were different than where I grew up and where I worked. And uh, so it's, it's still, it's still there. So you worked at all uh, Republican country clubs with black lawn jockeys and now Malcolm Nance is your best friend. So you see <laughs> Malcolm, yeah, he was a <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm, but before we go, yeah. with this QAnon, you talked about, you know, about military and Intel pros <laughs> who pushed QAnon. I mean, how we have to, we have so much cleanup work to do, but I think just politically too, Martin, we were saying about, you know, this QAnon, we're just, we don't have a shared set of facts, a shared experience. And, you know, there's all these stories about how do we bring people back from this QAnon thing? There's a lot of stories about friends and family that are trying, and some people are coming back from down the rabbit hole and some people are not, right? This whole well, that, QAnon phenomenon. Yeah. That lie is stuck so deep in the throat they can't breathe free. And it's only when they when they can clear their throat uh, and and uh, take responsibility for their own lives and their own truth. It's then it begins to make sense. I think that uh, you know this the 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 support for uh, DJ is starting to wane, and it's and it's it's on the way. We can see it fading, and his desperation to get it back, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. People are starting to wake up. Even people who the very close supporters people who work for him uh and, and people that voted for him they're beginning to realize that they are far better on every conceivable level than he is they're far more honest they're far more intelligent they're far less judgmental they're just far better human beings than yeah. he is he cannot speak for them anymore and yeah. i think that this coup is very very clear in the depths of our being as a nation and even Wall Street is looking and saying, mm -mm, that does not work for us. Yeah. Even on that level, yeah. they can't sell their product or their, 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 their uh, whatever they're trying to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's just starting to happen. You're going to yeah. see this guy fade just like the color of his hair. Malcolm Nance has a new book uh -huh. about the coming civil war. Let's just hope for once in the once <clears throat> Malcolm Nance is wrong. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I just hope so. Listen, yeah. this has been super special. And Martin, this has caused a lot of confusion because uh, Travis and Chris, who are gay, had to keep telling me, you know, he's not really the president. Right. And I had to keep saying, you know, he's not really gay. Right. <laughs> Grace and Frankie, it's just a TV uh, show. Um, this yes, was, yeah, just TV. Yeah. <laughs> this was fantastic. You are both patriots. Uh, God bless you. God bless the United States. Yes of america and, and there you go all right thank you so much uh, he's it's oh don't play don't play it he was going to play donald trump don't play it god bless 
No. United States. Okay. <laughs> Thank God that's all. That actually was. happened. His teeth were actually fell out. You know, his yep. ears a, 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 a plate. You know, Thanks. and it fell out and he, into his lion lips. <laughs> yep. Thank God this tragic experiment is over. Martin Sheen can stay yeah. in retirement as President Bartlett, and we have a real president. And right. Malcolm Nance, Sailor, right. you continue to serve. We will see you next week. Mwah. Thank you, guys. Happy Ash Wednesday. Thank you, guys. Oh, happy Ash Wednesday. I'm going to say my Martin Sheen rosaries yeah. now. All right, goodbye. Thank you so much. All the best. <laughs> ah. Well, we have a great new sponsor here for the happy hour. It's called BetterHelp.com. If you need a little psychological help during this time, should I take anything from it that all of my staff immediately signed up for this? Is it me, Sean? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it yeah. me? Is I, yeah. Am I interfering with your happiness? Is it me, Sean? <laughs> I need to talk to them about some things. Yes. Okay. I understand. Listen, well, HR gonna, ignores his emails. So I'm just going to say it's everything. Who isn't having a hard yeah. time? My I've been boss in, is HR. <laughs> I've been in quarantine. I've been in quarantine for a year. I haven't been touched by a human. Everyone needs help. For God's sake, it's not a crisis line. It's not uh, self-help. It's a professional counseling done securely online, right? You send a message to customer mm-hmm. service. You get timely and thoughtful responses. You schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Uh, everybody I know right now needs a little help. It's been going through a very, very tough time. Uh, it is more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. Uh, find the particular expertise you need online. You don't limit it. You don't need to limit yourself to the counselors located near you. Uh, everything you share confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. Uh, check out their testimonials. BetterHelp.com. I am not taking any offense, Sean. I Listen, even if I'm one of the major reasons, I want you to start having a happier life today Thanks. as a listener. Yes. Right. And I apologize about the whole gorilla gluing you to your seat to keep you here. That, that probably added to your At stress. At least I have someone to talk to about. Okay, good. As a listener, you'll get 10% off. <laughs> your first month by visiting our sponsor betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal join over a million people who've taken charge of their mental health again that's betterhelp h-e-l-p dot com slash sexy liberal do it now Travis we did the story about the uh, Civil War reenactor who lost his pet chicken at a Cracker Barrel and I said I am a coastal elite who doesn't know anyone like that and you're like yes you do you know Joyce Vance and she has chickens so you are correct. Yes. But she's also kind of a coastal elite fancy lawyer. But, you know, I don't care. 25 years, fancy pot prosecutor, MSNBC analyst. I'm just saying, it's still, every little girl remembers the first time they were jingled. She joins us now. Joyce fans. And it's all because my mama's got fans and we're ready to rock and roll. Hi, Joyce fans. I'm so glad to be here. Mama Joyce fans, now we're ready to rock and roll. Professor of Law at the University of Alabama. She's bringing legalese and we know we can believe. There she goes. Rock and roll. Oh, hi. Good morning. Yes. Good morning, Jasmine. That was way more fun than I was expecting, Stephanie. How are you? (laughs) See? She's a little giggly. She's a little excited. This steely prosecutor. We brought her down with a jingle. (laughs) Good morning. How are you in the the chickens this morning? We're well, thank you. I don't know why. Travis and I are both obsessed with your chickens. Because I just... But I am too. I go outside thinking I'm just going to check on their food or something. And an hour later, I drag myself back in. They live in a fascinating little chicken universe. 
<laughs> You're starting to tweet about them. You said just reporting in on the chickens, who seemed very excited about the large extra doses of food and lengthy visits from humans that have been the hallmark of their day. So they're yeah. cuddly. You're, they're cuddly, your chickens. They okay. are cuddly, and if you pick them up, they purr. They actually will purr like a cat. Wow. All right, you're just... We had chickens you, growing up. I know this fact. You are fascinating. Okay, <laughs> let's... Uh, I also, I just, we, we decided we have to do a sisters-in-law uh, happy hour because we've just had our friend Jill Weinbanks on. We just had Barb McQuaid. Uh, congratulations. It's the number one uh, political podcast I hear right out of the box. We're really exciting. You know, it's, we call it hashtag sisters in law and it's been a work in progress for over a year, but the timing was great because we got to start out talking about impeachment and, um, we are hoping folks will stay engaged in good government and, and legal issues moving forward so we never have a repeat of the Trump administration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, And you had to peel me off the ceiling about witnesses for a while, but what, what was your whole take on the uh, impeachment and how everything went down? So, you know, the House impeachment managers did such a spectacular job that I'm inclined to trust their judgments. And I think that there would have been a lot of lengthy litigation that would have been unproductive if they had tried to call the hostile witnesses around the former president. Plus, I'm not a big fan of putting a witness on the stand if you don't know what they're going to say, but you know that their whole goal is to take you down. On the other hand, Stephanie, I would have liked to have heard from some of the people that worked in the Capitol, from janitors who had to clean feces off of the walls, from police officers, from staffers, you know, from the cafeteria workers who had to hunker down during the insurrection. I would really have liked to have heard a record of the experiences of people in the Capitol. Yeah. I mean, it must make you insane as a prosecutor that this just is not a real trial, right? Like 57-43 to convict is not an exoneration. It's just this political uh, cowardice of Republicans because it really was an overwhelming case and they really did do an amazing job, I thought, right? So I view impeachment very differently than I view a criminal trial. I think that they have very different purposes. And you know, this was, um, I mean, it's, we've heard this a lot as impeachments go. This was the most bipartisan vote. This, this was a real rebuke of Trump, even though it didn't have the desired outcome of banning him from office. It begins to build um, support in some, uh, among some Republicans to disavow the former president. So I see it as productive although obviously disappointing. I mean, everyone wanted to see it have an outcome. The real question going forward is, what's the Justice Department gonna do? Will they be, you know, the burdens are all different. DOJ's gotta have admissible evidence and not all evidence, not everything that we read in the papers is admissible in court. And it's gotta add up to proof beyond a reasonable doubt. They have to prove what Trump's intent was. It's hard to do that, Um, but it'll be, you know, I think it'll at least be interesting to watch the investigative process to see what happens in the January 6th commission. The country has a lot of growth to do in, in the next months and years. Well, you made a point of this GOP chair was quoted as saying of uh, Pat Toomey's vote. We didn't send him there to vote his conscience. We didn't send him there to do the right thing. And you said yeah. we need to do a better job with civic education in this country unless we want to be nothing more than greedy people grabbing for power with no ethic of public service. Um, you know, and I agree. I mean, it just Mitch McConnell, that statement must have made you insane that he, he could have done the closing argument for the impeachment managers right after he votes to acquit. 
Well, it did. And and I'm not proud of this, but I've become really cynical. I used to always be a, ha a glass half full kind of person, but I viewed McConnell's statement as just an effort to um, conserve his ability to go to his uh, fundraisers mm -hmm. and get them to yep. continue yeah. to give money um, so that he can try to reclaim you know, the Congress in, in 22. So I viewed it very cynically, but, but can I please make the technical lawyer point here? The Senate voted on the jurisdiction issue before they commenced proceedings, and yep. they determined that they had jurisdiction to try a former president. That issue should have been concluded. Whether you agreed with it or not, that's the rules. That's sort of like the rules of procedure. And once the, the Senate votes, that's how things move forward. I thought it was very disingenuous to hear people saying on the flip side, well, I didn't agree with the vote we took, so I'm, I'm not going to vote to convict. That seemed to me to be just the height of failure to follow the rules. Can and I, there aren't that many rules about impeachment, right? Yeah. yeah. Can I use a legal term? That was bull. It was a bull technicality. Bull. <laughs> reason Cowardly. i think that's fair prosecutors say that a lot okay <laughs> um, but so yeah um obviously you saw a, how uh, vice president harris yesterday you know answered they said as a prosecutor do you think donald trump should be prosecuted criminally and she sort of sidestepped it and said as vice president I, my focus is on COVID relief but i think that and you know what how jen Psaki offered that we're going to try something new here the doj is going to be independent and we're going to let them do their job. I mean, I do think that is one of the steps in restoring confidence in our justice system in America, don't you? I mean, while, yeah. you know, personally, the answer is yes, of course she yeah. thinks he should be prosecuted, but I mean... That's the yeah. most important thing, right? And and look, DOJ will not make friends here. Whether they prosecute or not, there are going to be people that are going to criticize and, and try to be armchair quarterbacks. But these are the pros from Dover. We just need to let them figure out what the evidence is and decide if anybody needs to be prosecuted and if so, do their jobs. It's not about this emotion of do we want to see people prosecuted? Yeah, that's that's maybe what impeachment is about. Criminal prosecution is about whether the evidence is there. Well, and Joyce, I think I keep saying that this is not about vengeance. This is about, you know, the rule of law in our country. It's about precedent. It's about I, I just I don't see how they can all let all of this just go. The, you know, using a foreign power to help get elected, obstructing justice 10 times to cover that up, trying to use a foreign power like Ukraine to cheat to get elected, the, all of it. And the capital, you know, they're trying to subvert our democracy and stop our democratic processes. I mean, I, I think all of it. How do we just let it stand and say, that's OK, let's move on? You know, we have a checks and balances system in this country. And I, I would say that Congress has failed. I mean, impeachment, you know, the Democrats did do the right thing. But there was not enough political persuasion to get Trump out of office. So that didn't work very well. We'll see whether the court and, and look, I just don't prejudge the courts. Some of these charges are very difficult to prove. And so there may be evidence there may not be. What my hope is, is that there will be an independent investigation conducted by DOJ. That's my expectation. That's what we're entitled to. But ultimately, this is up to voters. And we need to have better educated citizens who won't return a Trump to office, who will, you know, look at the currently vacationing junior senator from Texas and question whether or not someone like that should be in leadership or Governor DeSantis, who sends a vaccine to wealthy areas where his donors live yeah. uh, and exacts 
you know, a political price from other counties. And right, just like Trump says, maybe I won't send it to places that are criticizing me. I mean, it's just, it's despicable. Let's talk about this, um, the Benny Thompson NAACP case. You tweeted, uh, Benny Thompson has just filed suit against Trump, Rudy, Proud Boys, and the Oath Keepers for interfering with performance of his official duties under the uh, uh, KKK Act. It's a civil suit, not criminal. Uh, You said the key allegations, which must be proved by a preponderance of the evidence, not beyond a reasonable doubt, as in a criminal case, is that the defendants coordinated and executed a common plan to prevent Congress from discharging its official duties in certifying the election. I've heard other legal experts say that they think this is actually a pretty strong case, and maybe it's that that you said this is not a reasonable doubt case, this is civil. Right. So this is like the OJ, like, you know, we have the OJ, we have the OJ trials to say the difference. Right. Um, Yeah. The the burden of proof is lower. Look, these are exceptional lawyers at the NAACP. They've brought in Joe Sellers, an old civil rights lawyer now in in, uh, private practice. Um, Things I'll be looking for is whether or not the congressman is joined by other plaintiffs. I would expect we'll see some additional plaintiffs join in. And, you know, the most interesting thing in a civil case is discovery. Once they get past a motion to dismiss, which they probably get past here, it's a good claim under Section 1985, the Ku Klux Klan Act, then the plaintiffs can try to get discovery from all of these defendants, including depositions. And that could be an extraordinarily revealing process. Yeah, I am. I am uh, operating under the penniless and imprisoned uh, uh strategy as it comes to as it goes with uh, Donald Trump. But that's just me. I'm, I'm a hothead. Um, so, by the way, you you can tell this might be important because uh, they just confirmed that uh, Rudy Giuliani has been dumped as, as tra- I don't know why, Joyce, he was doing yeah. such a good job. He only lost 60 lawsuits. But uh, <laughs> they've, they've said they've made a point of saying the mayor is not currently representing President Trump in any legal matters. Right. So that that comes right as Rudy is sued in this Divin- Dominion voting system and named in this Benny Thompson suit. Um, I, I can't think that's a coincidence. They made a point of trying to separate themselves from Rudy, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, that's great. You can do all sorts of things after the fact, but that doesn't really change what happened at the time. Right. Well, by the way, speaking of old business and new business, uh, reports this week revealed Roger Stone were surrounded was surrounded by Oath Keepers who did his security while he was in D.C. for the January 6th rally. He's also been being investigated as part of a criminal probe from 2019 that he was involved uh, in an intent to threaten a federal judge, as we remember from Proud Boys members. So once again, starting from Mueller report, Joyce, he's all mixed up in all of this. And I just... I. You're right. I hope I'm not getting cynical, too, because I just have to believe that justice is coming for these mother... <laughs> in yeah. some way, in some case. I mean, I don't... Honestly, at this point with Trump, I'm like, I don't care if it's like Al Capone or OJ. I don't care which thing we get him for, because it just... I, I, it must make you crazy, just the amount of criminality of all of these people, and that just our system of justice to go, yes, they're just all going to all get away with it. Well, you know, the issue with Roger Stone wasn't our criminal justice system. It was a former president who handed out pardons in a very self-serving manner. Um, Fortunately, uh, I guess, unfortunately for Mr. Stone, uh, Trump wasn't able to pardon him going forward or for anything other than the specific conduct that he pardoned. So I suspect justice is still coming for Roger Stone. We. Okay, and then also Georgia. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about Georgia for a second. Yeah. So, uh, Fonnie Willis, I mean, this looks like it really has a strong case to me 
But there we are. The Republicans were trying to put their... They aren't going to be able to do it. They were going to amend the state constitution to try to stop her from having a jury in Fulton County because it's largely minority, right? To try to to try to try well, also you know, cover and protect Donald Trump in Georgia. Fulton County is a very interesting place. It includes Buckhead, one of the wealthiest zip codes in the country. Yeah. Um, and northern parts of Fulton County... Um, I suspect you would get jurors who would be strongly pro-Trump. So a Fulton County jury is a, a mixed bag. Um, this Georgia statute, though, is really looks like it was written for the conduct that Trump engaged in on tape for prosecutors to play for the jury at trial. And I'm sure that y'all remember the Paul Manafort trial where one of the jurors came out and she said, look, I'm pro-Trump, I believe in Trump, but Mm -hmm. the evidence forced me to convict. I think the Georgia situation could be real interesting. Oh, so happy. You just dropped little happy pearls left and right this morning. Um, (laughs) And I loved the way you said how it all ties together. You tweeted, we need a return to truth in politics. These outright lies, if you can politicize a pandemic and an insurrection, why not try it with a power outage? It only stops uh, and uh, there is only accountability for elected officials when sufficient numbers of people demand truth. Um, and it, it really is despicable that the, it's it's the Donald Trump playbook. Blame everybody else, take no responsibility, and we all know what the causes of what, what's happening in Texas is. I mean, but you're right; it just becomes it becomes a playbook. It seems like for Republicans in any situation, right? I think that's right. The death of truth is the death of democracy. Yeah. Well, and because in the courtroom, you used to know there's only one set of facts. <laughs> Something is true or it's not. It's not everything's not an opinion, right? That's the whole purpose of our criminal justice system. It's to figure out what the facts are. Yes, we send people to jail. We rehabilitate and we punish. But one of the most important, most compelling parts of the criminal justice process is getting to the truth so that everyone can understand what happened. Joyce, I, I don't mean this in a creepy way. I find every single thing about you, including your chickens, completely fascinating. For instance, <laughs> this is why I must do it. I don't you. take it in a creepy way at all, Stephanie. <laughs> because someone tweeted, what's your earliest memory in politics? And you tweeted, my mom joining in Cesar Chavez's farm workers protests. We never had grapes in our house till I was in high school. And I just picture a little wow. bl- Blanche de Blois, like, grapes, are these grapes washed? Like, I don't, I, I need to know everything about your childhood because you, ha- so you had sort of political activism injected in your blood from an early age. Um, Yeah, you know, I grew up in a liberal Jewish California family, and I thought everybody grew up that way until I was much older. (laughs) Do you like like grapes to this day? Do you have grapes currently? I confess, um, I buy them sometimes, but I think it's just so inculcated that I sort of look at grapes and move on a lot of the time. (laughs) Oh, wow. Just politically. Okay. All right. All right. We're doing our sisters-in-law happy hour. We have to do it. Uh, it, Get it wherever you get your podcasts. All of my favorite legal ladies. Uh, uh, It's always a delight. And and, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed your jingle. You're freshly jingled now. (laughs) Thank you for having me. All right. Goodbye. (laughs) Thanks, Joyce. Thanks, Joyce. There she goes. Joyce, man. I love her so much.